No, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Ken's Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The tap room is currently closed, but you can still order online for local delivery or curbside pickup. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kenslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Welcome to the Berry Essentials. We are a Chicago Bears podcast for the fans. On today's show, we grade the Bears' free agency moves and much more. Hey, Dub, what's the good word, famo? Everything is good, man. How about you, Press? You know, uh, this weekend, man, I'm, I'm glad we're doing the show, first and foremost. But uh, this weekend has been tough. Uh, you know, uh, we lost someone that was dear to us last year. My grandmother passed away last year, March 26th. So, uh been a tough weekend, man. Been spending a lot of time with the family and just remembering her and just trying to do her memory the right way, man. But I'm just glad that we're here on the show today. Gave me a, a welcome distraction and definitely looking forward to chopping it up with you about these bears, man. Yeah, man. That's tough losing grandma, man. And I'm hoping you guys are able to continue to move forward, you know, because I know it's always a tough thing when you lose a loved one like that, especially grandma. I hope you guys are doing well, you and your family, and prayers that are still going out to you guys. Appreciate that. And you know, one quick funny story about her, man. She she was a really big Bears fan. And one of her favorite players was actually Devin Hester, a dub. And I swear to God, man, when he used to run back them uh, the punt returns and the kickoffs, man, she'd be letting out these sounds. And I'd be like, man, I ain't never heard my grandma this damn excited, man. So, <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Devin Hester, man. That was one of her uh, her favorite players on the team. Absolutely. Devin Hester definitely made her proud. <laughs> for sure for sure but everything else is going good over there bro yeah everything else is going good man you know work has still been crazy but you know i'm imagining it and uh guess what i got some time all work and hey now i'm back you know rejuvenated and ready to go man you sound like you man got those batteries recharged over there a dub <laughs> <laughs> i'm pumped up man <laughs> yes sir i like that man well dude Let's get into the show, man. Some things that I wanted to touch on before we get into the nuts and bolts of things over here. We had some breaking news that came out today. The NFL is going to be announcing an expansion of their season. So the league is looking like they're going to be moving forward with their plans for a 17-game regular season. And they've been wanting to expand this season for a minute now, man. What's what's your thoughts there on this move, right. man? Man, the way this is looking out, this should be a good thing for, you know, fans, of course, because what that would do, of course, it may shorten up the preseason. I know you, you heard fans talk about that in yep. the past about that preseason thing and, hey, we want to get to the games. So it should be, I think, more money for the, the league, which is good. Also, maybe better for contract situations down the road, right? That could possibly help in that area. So financially, all those different things you look at. But yeah, I, I'm excited for it because what they talked about with that format is that they're talking about the fact that maybe the best team, right, from the AFC or NFC can face each other from a division standpoint. And that probably could be something very intriguing for fan base who wants to, you know, be in tune with the game and see two good teams hopefully go against each other. Exactly. And so for our audience, this change would be effective starting this 2021 season. The one thing that that I was thinking about on this A-Dub is based on that extra game, Mm -hmm. it looks like the Bears could potentially face the AFC West equivalent of where they finished it would be the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that that's kind of what I saw when they were announcing this move, which means that yeah. uh, the Bears are going to be heading down to Vegas and sore me and A-Dub if that actually happens. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. Send us to Vegas, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Man, the Bears Central's podcast is going to go down there and tear some shit up. That's what we're going to do. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but to your point, man, I, I do think that there's a couple of different ways we can look at this move by the league. One thing, obviously, getting that additional game in gives them additional revenue, right? Right, right. The other thing that just kind of worries me about it is the health of the players. Every mm-hmm. game that these players, you know, take or they they go into is a risk for those guys to, you know, get injured. So when I think about an additional game, that's a greater chance for them to get hurt. But I would love to see what they end up doing with this preseason. 
because I think you mentioned that there'll be a reduction in the preseason, but I would want to, I'd be curious to know how much they're going to tweak the preseason. What are they going to do with the offseason, you know, programs and things like that? So this is just a lot of questions that I have for, for how they're going to roll this out. Absolutely. They talking about two games in preseason. Who knows what's going to happen? But you're right, Prez. That's something definitely that we need to take a close eye out and look at that and see what happens there. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. One thing I will say about this, Prez, 17-game season, is either you're going to be above 500 or below 500. <laughs> There's yeah. no right in the middle. <laughs> no more no more purgatory. No more 8-8. Eight eight. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's done. <laughs> <laughs> that is facts right there. One of the other things that happened on Friday, and it definitely blew up Twitter, the San Francisco 49ers. And you know, we had John Chapman on the podcast a couple weeks ago. He's from that 49ers Rush podcast. He was talking about how, like, Trey Lance was a guy that he liked, and he didn't think that the Niners would be able to get him because they had the 12th pick. Well, guess what? The Niners shocked everybody by moving up into that top three in the draft. What do you think about that move by the Niners? Because I saw that. I was like, oh, they see a quarterback. They won't, bro. Yeah, man. I'll tell you, the 49ers have been scouting. (laughs) You want to call it that? I mean, they're looking at, what, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, maybe Justin Fields, one of those three. Right. So I think Trevor Lawrence is gone, right? Personally. No, nah, he'll, he'll be gone. Yeah, he'll <laughs> he gone. Be gone. Jaguars ain't playing around. <laughs> no, no. Urban Meyer, he already know he want him. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm thinking about this standpoint. They're going to have to most likely draft one of those guys, I believe. Because, you know, Jimmy has not been healthy, right? With that, with his health issues, they have set them back a little bit from game standpoint because now they don't really have a backup quarterback. So you get one of these guys here, you're sort of trying to put your future. Your future looks brighter, right? With the one of those guys that you think is going to take over the position at some point, not saying next season, but maybe down the road, right after that. So you got to think about is Jimmy the long-term solution for them any longer? Because I think at that point they drop the quarterback. That means Jimmy, the days are the number for Jimmy. Yeah, I agree with you hundred percent on that. Cause when you look at the draft capital that they gave up, I mean, they gave up two first round draft picks and a third round draft pick to move up. You don't make that move unless you're going after a quarterback, right? Right. Right. When I look at this, I say, A-Dub makes a great point in the fact that Jimmy G hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's been, to me, kind of an average quarterback. I look at this. Even though Jimmy G's got a no-trade clause in his contract, I'd be interested to see what happens with him because when the Niners do make that pick, is it going to be a move that they're going to make to draft their quarterback and let Jimmy G play out one more season and let that quarterback grow? Or is it a situation where the Niners just say, hey, if it's Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, hey, we're just going to put this guy out there and let him go. Who knows what they decide on, but my thing is, what are they going to do with Jimmy G? You're right. And Jimmy G could be somebody, you're right, they may talk to you about, hey, possibly trades. You never know, right? You never right. know what's going to happen down the road. And also, if Jimmy gets hurt again, that may be it for his job with the 49ers. If they drop the quarterback, what you both believe they're going to do, that mm-hmm. might be it. Another thing with Jimmy G, he's only 29. So the guy still has some years ahead of him. He also probably has a decent ceiling in the league. I, I would say when he was with the Patriots, and when he moved out to the Niners, I think that's when his ceiling was like really, really high. So yeah. we'll see. We we don't know what's going to happen, but there's still a decent chance, man. That he's got some good football ahead of him. And you know what? I wouldn't rule out the Bears as trying to get him as a target. Not saying this year, but maybe next year. Well, and I'm glad you brought that point up because then I wondered when I saw this and I said, okay, now Jimmy G's contract is going to be the issue. So he's due like right. $26 million this year right. and I think $27 million next year. Right. So, <laughs> you know, our cap situation, we over here borrowing uh, money, taking out second, third <laughs> mortgages and shit. <laughs> right. Exactly. I don't know how that will work this season, but maybe next season, you know, if we don't get the guy that they target in the draft and you maybe say, OK, Jimmy G could be quarterback that we can look at maybe in 2022. Right. I don't know. You know, who knows what their plan is, but he's a name that I'm seeing out there that could be potentially available. Right. Like you said, that 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 cap for him, it costs a lot of money. So. We're going to be very careful when we talk about getting another quarterback and what that price tag might look like. Mm-hmm. And I think for Jimmy G, is it worth it? I think next year will tell the tale for us, but I don't think we're going to do anything about him this year. And I would just say this, man. The Niners, obviously they have somebody on their radar. I don't know who it is, but let's just be honest. They made this move with the idea of getting their quarterback for the future. It's going to be probably a matter of time before we see what happens with Jimmy G, whether it's this season or next season. But, hey, if they if they feel confident in whoever they draft, they could start taking calls for Jimmy G. So you never know. You never know. Never know. You also know here, and our listeners know this, in Chicago, we still don't have any idea what the hell this organization is doing. So at this point, nothing would shock me, man, if they made decide to make another move at this quarterback position. 
it wouldn't shock me at all. Only person would be shocked in this whole aspect of it would be uh, Andy Dalton. <laughs> and he shouldn't even be shocked. He shouldn't either, right? <laughs> right. Speaking of Andy Dalton, man, I feel like uh, the Bears social media account, I don't know if the organization is forcing them to send out some of the tweets that they send out, but it feels like they've been trolling us, A-Dub. So they put out a, a tweet <laughs> earlier this week where they talked about the fact that Andy Dalton is their QB1. And it just felt like they were trolling the fan base. I mean, did you see that tweet? Because, like, for me, I looked at it and I just rolled my eyes. I was like, man, I don't know what y'all doing. Like, we, we're trying to accept this move that you guys made, but don't fucking stick it in our face. Like, stop it. Like, what are you doing? Right, right. They don't, it seems like they don't even want to talk to us, really. It's like, okay, we'll do it behind the scenes. We sent a tweet versus really saying verbally. That sends a message you asked me that, hold on, what's really going on? Are you all really sure about the idea or are you all, like you say, for us, just trolling the fans to see how we want to react to that? So I think they need to do a better job with how they communicate. <laughs> you ask me. Well, I don't know, because the only per- person that we heard it from so far is their account and from Andy Dalton. We still ain't heard anything from Pace or Nagy on what's happening here with this quarterback position. But I'll tell you one thing. I know from the bottom of my heart that Andy Dalton was not their first choice. He wasn't their second choice and he probably wasn't even their third or fourth choice. I don't think we should be in any position as a, as a, a social media account where we should be bragging about this guy being our quarterback one. <laughs> <So>. Exactly. <laughs> you looking to piss people off after you talked about Russell Wilson. Hey, you don't want to do that. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. You want to relax on that. Yeah, just relax. You know, let let us fans, let us ease into this, right? We're we, we going to give the guy a chance. He seems like a nice guy. Whatever. Let's not just keep putting it in our face that this guy's a QB1. We're still, we're still getting adjusted to what you guys did to us. So. Right. We already know who's on the roster already. That quarterbacks already. So we already know. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> fuck, <man. laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but a couple things that came out this week, A-Dub at least, is I thought the team made some pretty solid moves. So obviously in the past, we talked about the Bears re-signing Mario Edwards Jr., which I thought was a good move. They locked right. up Cairo Santos. I thought was pretty solid. We brought back Jermaine Fetty for one year. That looks like a move, maybe just kind of like stopgap there at that right tackle position. But this week, A-Dub, I want to get your thoughts on it. We brought back Deion Bush, DeAndre Houston Carson, and then they also re-signed Artie Burns to a one-year deal. And so that's a kid last year that missed the season because he tore his ACL. Right. But I think that might provide us some really good depth at that cornerback position. So what did you think about some of those moves that we made in the secondary? I like those moves because I, I, I do want to see what Burns looked like. Um, like you said, the ACL injury really took him down. I don't know what he looks like at this point. So I think we all want to see if he has anything left in the tank from his previous years, you know, um, in the league. I believe he played with the Steelers. So if he can come back and show us something, show us improvement and still have a lot left in the tank, that would be good for us. And I think he's still young enough, right? Still in his um, you know, mid-20s. And that's good as well. So therefore, the recovery can be pretty good for him. So I want to see what he really has and what he can show. He will add to the depth. Carson Houston, I think you know. Uh, I think uh, he, he'll be pretty good for us. Again, he didn't get a lot of plans, a lot of snaps last year, but when he was out there, he gave us his all. He was very effective, so I like that bringing him back. And let's see again, have him add more to our depth. That also helps as well. You pretty much said it very well there. I, I say the thing that I was intrigued about with Artie Burns is he may not you know compete necessarily with Trufant for that starting role at corner, but let's just say for instance, if an injury happens we won't be as thin at that position as we were last season. Right. right. And that's the thing that I, I like about him being brought back here. When it comes to Dion Bush and DeAndre Houston Carson, I feel like Dion Bush, if I'm looking at this right now, if they don't sign anyone, it looks like probably be the guy that may be the favorite to get that safety role mm-hmm. uh, next to Eddie Jackson. But you brought up a good point about Houston Carson. He was a really good key reserve. We talk about this a lot, how he made the use of his snaps last season. Very reliable on special teams. And that's the, the value right. that I hold with him is the fact that he's somebody that does very well in that phase for this team. Like I said, he was a key role for us, man. Houston Carson came in and gave us some valuable snaps. And that's what you expect, really, for some of our role players. They can come in, you don't lose much ground, right? Now, I think when we brought him in the game, we didn't lose a lot of ground with him. So I think that's to me, is a plus. And he acts again. That's where you want to have a guy like that, part of your depth. Now, what did you think about some of the moves that were made by bringing in some more outside guys? So now we see that the team went in and they got a defensive lineman, Angelo Blackson. We signed him. We signed an offensive lineman, Elijah Wilkinson. 
brought him over from the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. We brought back Christian Jones, who was a former Bear. Yes. Brought him back. I like to see that move. Me too. And then we also signed Damian Williams, the running back from Kansas City. And we also got an outside linebacker, Jeremy Otuchu. They brought him in as well. So we see now that they brought some moves here to maybe add some much-needed depth. What did you think about some of those moves? Which one like resonated the most with you out of that crop that I brought up there? Man, it actually was two that resonated, but I'll go with the one that really made the big difference for me. I like Elijah Wilkinson. I think, of course, you know, Perez, we're hurting <laughs> on the offensive line, and we will take any upgrade we can get. And I think Elijah is an upgrade, you ask me. You know, I think he can come out and give us some help in that position. I know he had some injury last year with the broken shin, yep. and I think he's back. I believe he's going to be back to give us a boost there. So I like the idea of picking him up. I think he'll do well for us. And I'm, looking, I'm, I'm kind of excited for him to see what he's going to bring. Yeah, and I would say this with that move. I, I agree with you. I like that one as well because he's someone that they're bringing in to probably compete with a Fetty. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens there. But I still think when I look at that offensive line position, I think offensive tackle is probably still what they're going to target there in the first round of the draft. Sure. Mm-hmm. But this move right here, though, I thought was really solid to get some depth there at that position. So I thought that that was really key. Yeah, and the other thing about Elijah, I mean, he actually played, you know, multiple positions. He played right guard before. He's also played tackle. you got a guy that can play, you know, multiple roles within the, on, on the offensive line. So if someone's to get injured, right, we can have him a guy who can maybe maneuver, right, in the offensive line. So, and again, you're right. He's also there to compete as well, Perez, for the position, for who he might draft or who else we may bring on board. But that that's good. I like that. You know, we're going to need as much as we can to build that offensive line as much as we can. Because I'll tell you one thing, whoever's that quarterback, Andy Dalton or whoever else the Bears are trying to do uh, behind the scenes at this point will be beneficial. Exactly. And the thing about it is that quarterback, whoever it is, is going to need time to throw the ball. And so that's going to be really important. And I think also scheme is going to be a big part of the the equation as well. So we'll see what the laser and Nagy cook up when it comes to that. We'll see. (laughs) So for me, A-Dub, the signing that really, really I liked it, it surprised me. And, you know, we talked about this in the past with the running back position, how I thought Tariq Cohen isn't a true number two behind David Montgomery. And I also thought that Corderell Patterson, they were trying to force to be that last year, and it just didn't work, right? Right. So when we brought in Damian Williams, that move right there, really, I, I like that one. For our listeners that probably don't remember Damian Williams, he opted out of the season last year because of the pandemic. I think he was taking care of his mother who was sick, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But Damian Williams, if a lot of people don't realize, he was a Super Bowl hero for the Chiefs in that game, and he wore those sick-ass Air Jordan 1 cleats in that game. I mean, that boy, (laughs) he was out there dripping, eh, (laughs) A-Dub? Hey, man, he was looking good out there, man. Yeah, he was killing it. He was killing it. But uh, I like this move, though, because – He's got familiarity with uh, Matt Nagy's offense from KC. Right. Also, Bill Lazor worked with Damian Williams when he was with the Dolphins because Bill Lazor was offensive coordinator there as well. Yes, yes. So I was surprised that the Chiefs cut him, but they made that move because they've been making a lot of you know pickups this offseason, so they need to clear some cap. But it really works out for us because Damian Williams, I think, will be able to come in, spell Montgomery when Montgomery needs it. Also, Damian Williams has a really good ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think that's going to be an element that'll be really key for us. Like on these third down type of situations where you get the ball in his hands and let him make moves and make things happen. And and you know what that also does, Perez? It may take away a little bit from uh, Tariq Cohen. So now we're going to use, you know, um, him to take on some of those snaps in in those positions. And I think also it's good because he's proven that he can handle it. (laughs) He's a very good, solid backup from Montgomery. It's a change of direction. It's a lot of different things that Montgomery may not be able to do that this guy can possibly do, you know? Because I think Montgomery is one of those guys who's a hard runner, of course, can break tackles, but this guy can do all the extra cutting in, in, in the passing game a lot better, I think. And I think this guy can bring a good element to what we're trying to do. Yeah, it'll be a good mix. And to, yeah. your, point, and to your point that you made about Tariq Cohen, really good point, because what I think is going to happen is you'll probably see Tariq Cohen lining up in the slot a little bit more like he did in 2019. Yeah, I think that'll be an opportunity to get Tariq Cohen the ball a little bit more going against the linebacker. So I think we might see Tariq Cohen used a little bit more effectively, I think, in 2021. At least I can hope. But man. yeah, but I like this move. I liked it a lot. What were your thoughts on Christian Jones coming back? Christian Jones is familiar with the organization. He has an idea of what we're trying to do here. We had him with us before. So it's not like he's new to the organization. So for me, 
that's good to get a guy like that, man, who's familiar, who has an idea how to play, know the scheme, and probably can roll with it, right? So I don't think we're going to lose a lot of ground with him. I think he's pretty much going to help improve us. Yeah, and the one thing, too, with him is not only does he have familiarity with the scheme, but he's worked with Desai. So he's familiar with right. it because mm-hmm. Desai was the defensive quality control coach during Jones's time with the Bears back in 2014, I think the 2017 seasons. But anyway, I like this move as well because A-Dub, you and I talk about on the show often, the depth and inside linebacker behind Smith and Trevathan was yes. lacking, right? I agree. You get a guy like Christian Jones in here who's a proven vet that can come in. If something happens to one of these guys, this is a guy that you can trust that can come in and give you some valuable snaps, and you won't have the issues that you had last year when Roquan missed some games that you didn't know what you had in that position behind those guys. Right. That depth is so important. <laughs> so important because you're right, Prez. You have no idea when an injury is going to occur. You really don't. You can't predict that stuff. But one thing you can do is try to add depth to, to, to alleviate some of the pressure, right? And I think adding him definitely helps with that. So we're talking about solutions, right? We saw an issue last season. Well, hopefully this probably may have fixed it. Yep. And then the outside linebacker that they brought in, and I thought this was a really good move as well because we lost Barkevius Mingo. We saw that right. he signed with the Atlanta Falcons, right? A-Dub? Right, yep. So now you bring a, a guy like this that could probably take on some of those snaps, and hopefully if he could be as productive as he was last season, that would be a nice little upgrade as like that backup like guy coming off the edge and getting you some pass rush. And so... I thought that move was a pretty solid move as well because he's coming in on a two-year deal. Yeah, we'll take it. I think we'll take it. I think a two-year deal um, is not bad at all, really, Prez. And I think uh, we don't lose a lot of ground with him, right? I know Mingo. I was a big fan of Mingo. You know that already, Prez. I was a huge fan of Mingo. But we don't lose much at all with him. Matter of fact, we may have gained, like you said, we may have gained um, more with him more from a value standpoint. So I will take what was given to us with this year, and I'll give a plus to Ryan Pace on how he handled it. So, I'll give him kudos on that on him for, for picking him up. Yeah, and the one thing, too, with, with Mingo is we saw where he split a lot of reps with Quinn last season. Saw some pretty good action out there on the field, and I thought he was very solid for us. So he's a, a guy that I'm going to miss, but you never know. I mean, this kid coming over from the uh, the Broncos, a Tuchu, he may come over here and, and show us something, man. So I think this is a solid, and it could be another one of Ryan Pace's underrated signings. We'll see what right. happens there. But he had a really good season last year. He did. He did. So hopefully he can duplicate that or even better. And I think that'll help us out a lot because I think he's probably going to do a um, split with Quinn you know, this year. I think that's going to happen because I can't see Quinn, you know, having way more snaps than he did last year. I think he's going to have a, you know, a balance with it from a passing standpoint versus, you know, versus run game. So we'll, we'll see from a defensive standpoint. We'll see where this guy will you know, fall in on the plate of that. So when you look at some of these uh, first wave moves that the, the team made, we yielded two tackles, right? We got an inside linebacker two. We got an outside linebacker three. I'm putting this in air quotes. A QB right. one. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. And an RB two, right? right? And so we look at these things and we say, okay, so they brought in some people to shore up some of the depth that they were missing. And they did it without borrowing much money from the future as they've done in the past, right? So, you know, I made that joke earlier about the second and third mortgages that Ryan Pace took out. which is what cost us Kyle Fuller. I would say this year, Ryan Pace didn't have the opportunity to borrow against the future. And so with these moves, I think they shored up some depth. They did pretty well. But I'm just going to be honest with our fan base here. If you're looking at this roster and the moves that they're making, it honestly looks like they're trying to clear the decks for future seasons where they can clear up some cap space. So when I looked at some of the the moves and some of the the money that's, that's out there for this team, It looks like next season, the 2022 season, is where they're going to have to pay off for some of those voided year deals that they've made in the past. But then the 2023 season, A-Dub, is where they can have almost about $80 million in cap space. I don't want to think about the fact that it could be a couple years, but I just want to get our fan base, I just want to get people just thinking logically about the situation that we're in right now. You know, we're, we're going to be in some cap hell here coming up. And we all know as a fan base that we didn't like the moves that were made at the quarterback position. We didn't think that we got better by releasing Kyle Fuller. So there's just a lot of things right now with this team that I don't think they're a better team than they were in January, A-Dub. So we have to be logical when we look at this team for 2021 and probably 2022. But wanted to get your thoughts there on 
you know, kind of what you think about this upcoming season with the roster that we have. And and let's not even think about a Russell Wilson scenario or anything like that. With what we have right now on the table, what are you thinking about the season? You know what? The, the biggest thing for me, Press, is um, the schedule. This yep. can make this roster look even worse, right? I don't think we've gotten better, and I don't think we gotten worse either, you know, from a roster standpoint, from the quarterback to the defensive side of the table. Um, overall, I'm banking on the fact that some of these guys on the defensive end, defensive side of the ball, are going to get better. Like, for example, like Jalen Johnson, you're expecting him to get better, right? Um, better than the year before. You go back to the offense, you're expecting Mooney to be one year better. So from that standpoint, you kind of think about that, hey, have this team really gotten better to go from 8-8, and 10-7? And you really don't quite see that from the moves that were made. You saw replacement moves. Besides Fuller, right? Because I know Fuller's the one who really wasn't replaced at all. For other guys that we had not dealt wise, you saw replacement filler, fillers. From that percent standpoint, I'm not sure if, if we made the drastic move of getting better. So with that last point that you made in mind, I did want to take some time here and, and kind of walk through some of the positions that we are at leading into the draft following the first wave of free agency. Right. So at the quarterback position, I think we took a step back from where we were at with Mitch last season. Andy Dalton is the perceived quarterback one starter. We have to settle on Dalton. And I'm going to just keep saying this. This is a move that a lot of us just, it didn't sit well with us. We knew that Mitch wasn't the long-term answer, but I thought that there was some momentum with him and proof that the offense could at least succeed a little bit in that uh, series of games when Mitch went off, right? Right. But now, we don't really know what we're getting in Dalton, A-Dub. I would say from what I saw with him and doing a little bit more like film study on him from the Dallas uh, season, I think his play declined quite a bit. So to me, I look at this quarterback position and I say, ooh, heading into the draft, even though if the Bears are touting him and Dalton is the quarterback one, I don't like where we're at at this quarterback position. What what were your thoughts there? Here's the deal with Dalton versus uh, Mitch. Both of them are a little bit different type quarterbacks. I think Mitch, I think he has a lot more mobility than Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton probably can pass a little bit better than him downfield. That's only the major difference. And from that standpoint, they kind of even out. It's like you don't really get much better with Andy Dalton, and you don't get that much better with having, you know, Trubisky. So for me, you're somewhere around the same guy in a way of level, right, of impact on the game. So I don't think either one is going to make you, to get you over the hump, right? They're not those tier one type of quarterbacks or even tier two that's going to get you there. So for me, I'm looking at both of them like, well, ah, Mitch, okay, I would love to see him back because, you know, the system. Then you look at Andy Dalton and say, hey, he's a vet in the game. Do we even gain anything? So for me, it kind of like ices itself out. Okay. No, hey, that's fair, man. That's fair. And I would just say here, we'll see what happens because the thing about it is, as a whole season, we don't know what they're going to do in the draft. But I would just say, as we sit right now, I think this position took a bit of a setback from uh, from last season. With the running back position, A-Dub, in my opinion, I thought we we upgraded here in this in this position. I think adding Damian Williams to back mm-hmm. up Montgomery, get it to Reed Cohen back in the fold, I thought it was going to be really huge for him coming back from that injury that he had. But Williams, I thought was a huge upgrade from where we were at. So when I look at this position, this to me – Looks like one of the strengths of this offense. But what were your thoughts there on this running back position after some of the moves that have happened? I totally agree with you, Press. I think the running back position is probably may have gone the, the you talk about the biggest jump on offense. That may have made the biggest jump. But what I'm concerned about when I think about the offense is what are we going to do from a running back standpoint? Are we going to do more running plays this coming season than we did previously? Because you saw last year, Press, we could have done a lot with Montgomery that we did not do. We didn't run him enough. So I'm wondering, you know. Are we planning on running the football a lot more this coming season than we did previously? So that's going to be the key right there. But you ask me, the upgrade definitely came at that role, the running back position. Absolutely. And, and the thing about it is a lot of that is to be determined, right? Because we don't know with the laser naggy connection here what they decide. Because what we did see is when they basically made Montgomery the centerpiece of that offense, the offense was moving. They were thriving. They were doing well. Right. I don't care if it was against bad defenses, the offense was still doing this thing. So I think that. If these guys are really collaborating, as they claim that they do, then they should be able to look at that film from last season to see what worked and what didn't work. And that's it. So David Montgomery has to be the guy that's touching that ball 15 to 20 times at least. I'm with you. Wide receiver, eh, Doug? What are your thoughts there after the first wave? Because I'm looking at it right now. We know that A-Rob 
and Mooney are going to be your starters at wide out. We don't know what's going to happen with your boy. Anthony can't get right Miller. <laughs> but, <laughs> right. But I would say this, man. I would have liked for them to have added a guy in free agency, but at least A-Rob is, is coming back here. So I'm encouraged by this position, but I still think it needs some work. What, what are your thoughts there at this wide out position? I still think we need a slot. Because I think Mooney going to be, like you said, Mooney going to be on the wide out along with A-Rob. You're still going to need someone else that's going to be consistent. What we're missing in that area is consistency for Miller. So if that can happen, that's good. We're banking on this guy's um, growth. And Miller's still going to be the same who he is. Not better, not worse. Just Miller. <laughs> so what we have really is Mooney's. What we're going to see happen with him, with Mooney. Yeah, well, this is the way that I look at this situation. When you think back on this past season and some of the inconsistent quarterback play that was out there, there were so many plays that Mooney left on the field because of balls that were just uncatchable on his part. I think that if this offense can get a better rhythm and better get a better flow to it, the quarterback can get this kid the ball in places where he can make some of those game-changing plays that we know that he can make. Right. I think that's where you're going to see him take that next step. Because I agree. The way that he was being utilized in a lot of those short plays to give him the ball in his hands, I like that. But he's a dynamic receiver, in my opinion, and I think that there's an opportunity to get this kid the ball down the field. So hopefully we see a little bit more of that here in 2021. With A-Rob, you already know what you're going to get with him. That's true. Anthony Miller, he's been so inconsistent. Who even knows? And he could even be on the trade block for all we know. Who knows, right? I would love to see somebody come in here at this position, like A-Dub mentioned in the slot, somebody that's dependable, a guy that you could get the ball to on third down and you know is going to make that catch. If A-Rod's being targeted or if Mooney's being bottled up, you got a safety valve that's somebody that you trust. So I think that, for me, I want somebody in that slot position that we can really trust that can make something happen for us. I agree 100%. The tight end position, what do you think there? We talked about earlier in the offseason that Jimmy Graham was probably going to be a cap casualty. Well, Jimmy Graham's still here. It looks like he even may be the starter for the the upcoming season. What are your thoughts here at this tight end position? You know what, Prez? I was impressed last season with uh, Jimmy Graham. He had a bounce back year. Again, he was a red zone threat for us. So I I like that fact. The only thing that I have an issue with really when it comes to Jimmy Graham is probably his salary, what he's making. Is that too much for our tight end core? to have a guy making that much, and we already in a tough spot when it comes down to the cap, right? So that's one thing you worry about. But as far as his play on the field, I'm not concerned at all. I think he has one more year left in him to show us something. If we run the right scheme and do the right things effectively, he can be uh, successful with us this coming season. So I'm looking forward to that part of it if we be able to keep him. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. I'm still surprised that, honestly, he's on the roster because they could have saved $6 million in salary cap space by cutting him. Right. So- the fact that he's still here means that obviously the organization values him and they probably want him to pair up with Cole Komet again for the 2021 season. Absolutely. Also, just me because I'm, I still have to put this in the universe, I think it also could just be an outside chance that they still may be in on this Russell Wilson acquisition because that could also be a move to try to lure Russell Wilson to the Bears. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. We'll see. We're not done yet talking about Russell Wilson. I think that's mm-hmm. mistake isn't over yet. I still think he wants out. But as far as the free agency, nothing happened there with that tight end position. One thing that I think that we could probably look at, uh, listeners, is probably looking at the Bears to target the tight end in the later rounds of the draft. Someone that basically can play next to Cole Commit in the future when we do decide to move on from Jimmy Graham. Absolutely. All right, A-Dub, offensive line. So you and I have talked about in the past that this interior, this offensive line, we see a lot of potential and promise for them. The tackle position is where we feel like we need to upgrade. So when I look at what we've done in free agency so far, re-signing a Fetty, okay, decent move, and then getting that depth from Wilkinson, I still think this offensive line is a bit of work of progress. What are your thoughts there after some of these moves that we made in free agency? Yeah, I think it's still a work in progress. I still think that um, Pace is still looking to upgrade. You know, I think he should be. So I think it's going to be a very important position for sure. And I think you need to look at maybe two tackles for sure. It's not just right tackle. You got to look at both, really. So I think from that perspective, we're going to need a couple tackles. And I think we're going to continue to explore ways to get better in that position. So even if it's through the draft, that's what we're looking at. And that's a valuable position there. Yeah, I agree there. Looking at a tackle in the first round, I think would be probably what my, and I've been saying this pretty much consistently all all season, but I think that would be where I kind of lean. I think that's a huge concern for this team heading into the draft. Another thing, too, 
is even though we did pick up a backup, a right tackle, swing tackle, and Wilkinson, even though we re-signed to Fetty, that still is a position that we still need to be looking at long-term. We also need to be looking at that left tackle position. So I just think that there's an opportunity here this offseason to find some young cornerstones in this draft because this tackle position is loaded in this draft. It really I think it's is. an opportunity for us to really take advantage of that. I agree. We can't let this opportunity go to waste. So I think for Pace, he knows. I know there's been a lot of scouting going on about this offensive tackles. It's a good chance for us to land a good one. Exactly. So A-Dub, let's switch gears now and let's go over to the defensive side of the ball here. So when you look at the defensive line, we've lost some really key guys here in free agency. But they right. made, a, made a few solid acquisitions as well. So what are your thoughts about that D-line? Because this last season was the strength of this team. Yeah, I, I still think that the D-line is still the strength of the team. We still got Higgs. These guys are all still part of that, right, to really apply pressure on these quarterbacks. I still think we have our core there, Perez. Having depth with other guys we brought on board to help out with that and some guys we actually signed back, right, to continue to help out in that area, I think we're pretty solid. I'm feeling very comfortable about our defensive line. I have no issues with that. And we also have Eddie Goldman coming back as well. That helps. I'm feeling pretty good, Press. Yeah, I mean, I would say this. The D-line, as you mentioned, Hicks at defensive tackle. You have Eddie Goldman coming back at the nose tackle. And then you have Bilal Nichols that's going to be playing that DM position. And right. that guy right there flashed tremendously in 2020. So while we did lose Roy Robinson Harris and Brent Urban to free agency, bringing back Mario Edwards Jr. I thought was a really key for our rotation. So I think we're going to be really good here. As you mentioned, getting Eddie Goldman back, we've talked about that in the past. That's going to be really key for us. And also, we picked up Angelo Blackson from the Cardinals. So that's another depth move that they made. And what we have seen from Ryan Pace in his tenure is that he's really good with some of these, you know, bargain type of signings. So we'll see what happens there. Absolutely. All right. Inside linebacker A-Dub, I would say we already know Roquan Smith probably getting ready to turn into superstar mode here uh, going forward <laughs> in his career. We right. also have Danny Trevathan. It might be maybe kind of on his last legs of his NFL career. Now, we talked about briefly how we were impressed with the Christian Jones signing because yes. in the past, we had special team players like Iggy and Josh Woods behind these two guys and you know it was just mixed results of what they were able to do. So I think with this position, A-Dub, I'm a little bit more confident than I was last season. What are your thoughts there on the inside linebacker position? Yeah, I'm, I'm like you, Prince. I'm feeling a lot better now than I did before. Because now, if one of those guys get hurt, we have somebody that can come in and give us some valuable snaps. I'm cool with that, right? For a brief minute or a brief time frame, a couple games, whatever, if anything would have happened from an injury standpoint. And I think before, we didn't have that. So now, I'm feeling a little bit more comfortable. But what we got, this three-man core here can work out with the inside linebackers. Yeah, I love it, man, because he gives us some really good insurance just in case Roquan gets hurt or something like that, or if Danny maybe doesn't get the job done, that Christian Jones can step up and, and play some valuable snaps for us. So Absolutely. We'll Outside linebacker, we already know how I feel about Khalil Mack. He's a bad man. But then we also have fucking Robert Quinn next to him. And Robert Quinn, I would say, was so-so last season, but you don't pay a guy $70 million to come in here and be so-so. So, right, right. <laughs> this outside linebacker position, A-Dub, I think is going to have a bit of a microscope over it heading into 2021. What are your thoughts there about this outside linebacker position? Quinn has to show up. I kind of put those guys in the same round with our D-line, you know, with other guys, with the Hicks of the Worlds, with all those guys. They like to apply pressure. And I think what you're looking for from Quinn is to for him to apply pressure. And you're looking for that. You're looking better, better numbers for him. We're looking for more impact from him that we didn't get last season. So you're right. There is a microscope going on. And you want to see Mac just be Mac. You want to see Mac go to that next level, back to being MVP on defensive end. And I think this year is going to be the tell for both of those guys. And I'm hoping to see both of them be effective together. Yeah. And I would say, too, with uh, bringing in that reinforcement with that Tuchu coming in here. Yeah, I think that's going to be really key for them. Having a guy that could come in here who looks like could be an upgrade over Mingo. That's going to be huge. But I think. The biggest thing for me when I look at this outside linebacker position is Quinn, not just only getting pressure on the quarterback, but finishing, you know, getting home. Because there were a lot of times where he would get there, but he wouldn't finish the play. And I think that we have to get more pressure on these quarterbacks. And especially with us not having Kyle Fuller now, we need pressure on these quarterbacks to take some of that pressure off of the secondary. secondary. I agree. 
I agree. And the other key factor we're going to look at as well, Perez, when it comes down to Quinn, we're going to look at how many plays he's going to be involved in when it comes down to running plays, right? So I see him mostly in, in the passing game. When there's a passing play, you will see Quinn out there. But I want to see what's going to happen when there's a running, when there's, um, when there's a running play and how he's going to play through that time frame. So that's going to be a big key for us, for me to see uh, moving forward. Well, yeah, that was because probably Bingo played the run a lot better than the way Quinn played the run. Because with the way that Quinn uh, played against the run, he would just get swallowed up. Like people right. would just pull him up off the line of scrimmage. He would lose contain. So there was a lot there with him that he's going to have to get better, especially when it comes to the run. Or if not, he's going to continue to lose snaps. That's what we're going to look at right there. But we got another guy, right, that can come in and handle it. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. The quarterback position, A-Dub. We took a huge step backwards by losing Kyle Fuller. So the potential starters here are going to be Jalen Johnson and Trufant. But when you lose two-time pro bowler, an all-pro corner, and a Kyle Fuller, your secondary and your defense as a whole does not get better. What are your thoughts there about this position going forward? I don't really know. Here's what I mean by really don't know, Press, because I do want to see what Trufant can bring to the table, how much he has left. I don't know that yet, part of it. But I'll tell you one thing. We do know he cannot replace Fuller. So what's going to be most important, really, Perez, for us, is how we're going to look at our scheme. What this scheme is going to look like to help our secondary out. And I think that's the key factor because, you're right, there are certain guys we just can't replace. And Fuller is one of those guys, from what we have on his roster right now, at the CB, we don't have a replacement for him. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, it will be tough. And like I mentioned on our last episode, losing a guy like Kyle Fuller is the direct result of Ryan Pace's mismanagement of the salary cap over the last couple of years. And, you know, he mortgaged the future. And you know what? We just uh, weren't ready to contend as he probably thought that we were. So Desmond Trufant, I mean, good luck to you. Hopefully he can stay healthy because if he can stay healthy, uh, then maybe he could be serviceable for us at corner. We'll see. But I still i am going to miss Kyle Fuller tremendously. I think for the second season in a row, listeners, we're going to need to draft a corner. So we did that last year with Jalen. We need to do it again here in 2021. So we'll see what happens there at the draft. I agree, Perez. We got to draft one. All right, A-Dub, safety. This is still a position I think that still needs a lot of work. Right now we're looking at Eddie Jackson and Deion Bush as your starters. Talk to me about this position group, man, because I'm telling you, I was not impressed with Eddie Jackson's performance last year. Tyshawn Gibson, was he was solid. But right now when I look at this position, I say, ooh, what are we going to do here? Man, Chris, looking at that group right there, my eyes are wide open. There's a microscope on those guys because <laughs> um, they didn't look good last year, right? Like you already said, Chris, last season. So you wonder how this is going to go. You wonder if this eye can help fix it, can resolve it. But you don't know, right, until you see on the field how things are going to look, what schemes going to look like. But I do wonder, Chris, I am concerned at that. I'm not sure if Eddie Jackson can get back to himself. I believe he can. But again, it remains to be seen yet. So let's see what happens there. If Jackson can get back to being him old self, that definitely would help. But then Deion Bush is going to have to be solid, right, to actually complement him. And that's the part of it that I really don't know yet. So we'll see. We're really going to see press, but I am concerned about that group. And let's just be honest here. Tyshawn Gibson still remains unsigned, so we don't know what's going to happen there. But to your point, I want to see Eddie Jackson return back to being BoJack. I want decide to be able to unlock whatever it was that was holding this guy back but we need Eddie Jackson to return back to being a game changer because without that dynamic in this defense, it's not the same defense. Right. And the thing is, Perez, our second day doesn't look scary if he's not effective. So he has to be effective. We're going to look for Jalen Johnson to be effective. If those two guys can't hold it down, Perez, it's going to really hurt our secondary badly and people are going to try to target it more. Well, and that's why I circle back on the fact that we got to get home on the quarterbacks. We have to take some of that pressure off of the secondary because now that secondary is not a strip for us as it was in the past. So there's a lot of, I think they're going to have to put a premium on creating more pressure on the quarterback here in 2021. I agree with you. We're going to play, like Desai said, we're going to be physical. (laughs) We're going to wear these guys down mentally as well. So I think that's going to be a key factor moving forward. That's right. So lastly here, when you look at, free agency when it came to some of our specialists. So the team, they re-signed Pat O'Donnell. Okay, cool. They yep. re-signed Cairo Santos. Really solid move. Great contract yep. for him. We re-signed Patrick Scales. Cool. And then with Tariq Cohen coming back from his injury, he returns a punt returner. My question for you, A-Dub, is 
What happens at kickoff return? Because there's still been no updates on Corderell Patterson's situation, and he still remains unsigned. Man, that is a tough one. Because I would love to see the guy come back, Perez. We can use that. Because otherwise, we don't have anyone else. There's no replacement. <laughs> but I think we can still use that guy, man, because he's still a weapon on kickoff return. So if you have a guy like that that can put you in field goal position, I mean, good field positioning, you can always use that, man. And um, without having him, I'm not sure how our special teams are going to look, Perez. And that, again, that puts us in a tough spot as well when it comes down to kickoff return. We're kind of like looking at now touchbacks, right, <laughs> to help put us in a decent spot. But again, I would love to be at the 40 versus versus being at the 20 or 30. That's right. And that, that's the thing with him is even just the threat of him being back there, he's one of the most dangerous kickoff returners in this league and probably in league history. So having a guy like that is is vital for this organization. And I hope that we find some kind of way to bring him back in the fold. So we'll see what happens there. I agree. The door isn't closed yet. So we, we're waiting. We're going to wait this out. Before we get out of here, A-Dub, there was just a couple more things that I wanted to touch on. The first thing I wanted to touch on is after this first wave of free agency and some of the moves that the Bears made to re-sign some of their own free agents, when I look at some of our now updated draft needs, I have offensive tackle being number one draft need for us going into the draft. Number two, I have the cornerback position. At number three, I have quarterback. At number four, I have wide receiver. At five, I have safety. Any thoughts there on that order that I have, or would you change anything around? At this point, Perez, when we dropped Fuller, <laughs> I said, look, when Fuller dropped, I actually moved the cornerback position up like you did. So okay. I actually had that second as well on my list. I definitely had offensive tackle first, because I think that's the most important for sure for our team that we need to have the biggest gap. Cornerback, quarterback, wide receiver. I have no disagreement with what you have there, Perez. I actually have the same type of lineman here as well. Yeah, I mean, so when you look at this, A-Dub and I have talked about in the past, offensive tackle, we got to get better there. Cornerback position, that was a position that we weakened by releasing Kyle Fuller. Quarterback, we don't need to retrace that. Everybody knows what we need to do there. Right. Wide receiver, the only reason why I have this number four on my list, A-Dub, is just because I don't like the depth behind Mooney and A-Rob. And I don't trust Anthony Miller at all. Don't trust him. I agree. And the thing is, Perez, there's also a lot of depth in this draft when it comes out of wide receivers. We able to get a decent one out this draft. So I'm looking forward to that. We got a good, I mean, I'll tell you right now, Perez, we got a good chance to upgrade into the draft this season. And I hope we take full advantage of that. Yep. And I really hope that these guys are honing in on some of these guys because there's a lot of talent out there at that wide receiver and safety position because we right. passed up on an opportunity to upgrade through the draft at safety last season. We can't afford to do that again this year. We have to get really good, talented prospect here, somebody that can grow within this system. And I really hope that that's something that they look at doing. I hope so too, Perez. And I think that has got to be on the radar. He has to be on the radar. Pace is smart enough to know this part of it, at least. (laughs) (laughs) At least. So I think he's probably thinking the same thing. I can only hope, man. But I'll tell you this, man. I don't have a lot of uh, faith in this guy uh, at times. But I will say, if he does pull the trigger on one of these guys in the mid to late round, I'm going to give him a chance because I know that he always finds gold in those mid to late rounds. (laughs) Right, right, right. His only major nemesis is a major issue is quarterback. You ask me. That's the toughest position for him to draft at or the the retain good talent or get talent at. And I think this has been his major problem with the organization. Absolutely. Well, listeners, as you guys know, we did a March Madness pool here for some of our listeners. We had 30 people that signed up for it. And right now, as of this recording, it's at about 2.30 Central Time here in Chicago. We have Kiko, one of our really good listeners. He's in first place right now in this pool. Second place, we got King Mac. And then we got a four-way tie for third place with Perry Morgan, Sharon Willis, Justin Bresky, and Bear Soldier 13. This tournament, and me and A-Dub joke about it all the time, this thing is going to be so Weird, and it's going to probably go down to the wire because A-Dub and I have this bet that you guys all know about, and he and I are currently tied for 14th place. But A-Dub probably has a really good shot of winning this tournament because he's got Gonzaga winning this whole thing, and Gonzaga's been looking strong. And I don't know, A-Dub, did Gonzaga finally win that game today? That I don't know, Prez. I will be tuning in and check it out, man, because I'm hoping we got that victory. Because <laughs> yeah, we need but A- it. But A-Dub, he's in the driver's seat, ladies and gentlemen. And so we'll see what happens here. And yeah, A-Dub, Gonzaga won 83-65, man. So there's more points for you. But I think I had Gonzaga uh, as well. So 
for right now, I think we still tied, ladies and gentlemen. Still tied. <laughs> I found a way, friends, to get ahead of you, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know me, though, man. I'm, I'm going to go down swinging, bro. <laughs> you, you definitely are. <laughs> but some of our other listeners now, there's a shot for some of them that, to, to win this thing as well. So not only does A-Dub have a really good strong chance because he's got Gonzaga, but Justin Bresky, he picked Michigan. So if Michigan keeps advancing, he he him and one other person picked Michigan. And then TJ Brooks has Gonzaga with a dub. And then our buddy Ira Trubiscus and Gravy, he picked Baylor. And he's the only person to pick Baylor to win this thing. So we wow. got a lot of people that if if Michigan or, or Baylor wins this thing, you got some people that they're gonna be in the driver's seat here. Yeah, man. Well, I will say you all are very much competition. <laughs> and um, I'm looking forward to see what happens, man, down the wire. We got, what, three more games here today, and then we got a, a lead eight and final four action coming up. So, man, it's, it's going to be dope. It's going to be really fun and exciting stuff for us so. all. <laughs> yeah, we're looking forward to it, Prez, very much. Well, man, dude, dope episode, brother, man. It was good chopping it up with you, man. And uh, listeners, next week, we're going to delve into the draft a little bit more. And, man, without further ado, we're going to get up out of here. A-Dub, going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Barry Sanchez Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this podcast. Bears Nation, come down with us. Peace. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about, in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details.